0: Hello, Internet. The Morgan You Know Podcast Network presents Balls and Brew.
1: Hello and welcome again to another edition of the flagship sports podcast here on the Morgan You Know Podcasting Network. I am your affable host and soon to be crow eater. We'll get to that a little bit later. My name is Rod Morgan. Joining me is the producer of this podcast the host of the yeah we know podcast on this network quite frankly we could do nothing we do without him it is my guy jimmy
2: jam riska jimmy jam how you doing we've got baseball we've got the off-court nba coming up we've got nfl in the summer we still got a lot to talk about i'm pretty good today rod
1: we do but i hope you are ready to host the fast break my friend because we are just gonna go <laughs> right there right now the nba finals wrapped up last evening before we tape this podcast we might as well go there let's do it
2: Welcome to the Fast Break, the fastest 15 minutes in the NBA, and this is it. The Denver Nuggets have finally won the NBA championship, and well, Chris King, I have a question for you. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing very,
0: very well, gentlemen. Thank you very much.
2: I would like to ask you, what is served best with Crow? Ooh, carp. (sighs) <sighs> or a half, a healthy
0: dose, a very healthy dose of Nikolai
2: Jokic. Ah, <laughs> Rod, how do you like your car- You like your carp, your Jokic, and your crow all together, huh? Maybe blend it together, a little smoothie action.
1: Listen, let me let me go at you this way, right? So even when a man is on death row, he gets a last meal that he's able to request, right? Am I allowed to at least get like a Serbian lager that I can try to wash this crow <laughs> down with here at this point? Am I at least allowed that? Listen, I I would love to have the kind of soul and energy that a guy like Skip Bayless has and be able to come on a podcast the day after Jokic wins Finals MVP and the Nuggets win four to one and swerve and try to go the other way, but I just I frankly I can't. The guy was the first player ever to have the most points rebounds and assists in the playoffs i mean 30 25 average only you know five guys have done that he's got two mvps in a championship only like 13 guys have done that i mean it's just i can continue to sit here and be skeptical in my own heart of hearts and that's me just being true with everybody but i can't say anything that deserves any kind of a winning argument so i'm absolutely eating crow so congratulations to the nuggets all our denver listeners i'm sorry you guys are champions
2: So, for me, I don't get to watch a lot of Nuggets games because they start really late at night, and that's something the NBA has to worry about, and people in Denver can't watch a lot of Nuggets games. Chris, watching Jokic play, the amount of just easy passes to him that are impossible for other people to to do is just amazing to me, Chris. He makes it look effortless. It's it's almost like second nature
0: to him and you're right it looks like there are impossible lines how did he see those guys it's it's a testament to his basketball IQ and how well these players and and this core group of four guys have been really together for what two three years now yeah. uh, even though Murray had been hurt for a couple of those years they know where they're supposed to be in the offense. They know where the other guys are going to be in the offense. Malone is such a good coach, and he has these guys coached up so well that they know what the third option of the guy he's trying to pass to is going to be when they see a certain defense coming their way. I think it's a combination of just his unholy, godly talent that he has plus the way this team is playing together and how well and how cohesive they work as a unit.
2: Yeah, Rod. What are your thoughts here on on this core of the Nuggets? Because they really do have, you know, their top four or five people coming back next year. Uh, we got to be careful, as Doc Rivers just said on the Bill Simmons podcast. You got to be careful getting rid of some of those role players. Um, how do you like them moving forward? Yeah, I like Doc on the uh, Bill Simmons podcast. By the way, there I was a little bit like, ah, Doc and Bill. Okay, but that was a
1: good episode. So shout out to uh, him. But Bill Simmons doesn't need me telling him how to do good podcasts. But uh, back to the uh, the. Uh, question at hand here i guess what my answer would be is let's be careful about dynasties i mean even just in the sheer sense of you know we've had five different champions in five years at this point right when oklahoma city made it to the championship game against miami we were like oh these guys are so young they're they're clearly going to be back here multiple times and they never made it back and so you know we just got to be careful about that i would say you know denver is going to be a little bit different next year but like you said murray is back porter is back I believe Gordon is still there as well. And, unfortunately, Jokic yep, yep. is still there. So, I mean, you know, the, the, every every road to the championship next year probably goes through Denver once again. There's no doubt about that. So, they'll have just as good a shot as any team in the recent history here to uh, go back-to-back.
2: They also need to keep one or two of those Browns around uh, as well. Um, so, the next thing I want to talk – I normally a, a post office worker can't support Brown, but in this case, Jimmy, you are absolutely correct. <laughs> Speaking of post office workers, it's that music, it's that cue. Rod damnation of the week.
1: We have to, have to, have to do something about this situation. The momentum is dying. I don't understand no more distractions, but I do believe we should all follow one path in life, hubris and ego and pride. Sorry, all that was a complete lie. My Rod damnation for the week is simply to... I guess I want to call it what we participated a little bit here, the basketball discourse, but I think what Mike Malone winning a championship says to all the folks out there that are forever clamoring to get rid of a coach, give me something new. I think Mike Malone winning a championship sort of speaks to maybe just maybe that's not the way to go here because. Monty Williams in the finals recently, fired. Budenholzer, championship within the last couple of years, fired. Nick Nurse, championship within the last couple of years, fired. Doc Rivers, Sixers, potentially always in the playoffs, championship in his career, fired. We move on too quickly in the NBA, and quite frankly, I think everybody foams at the mouth to make people move on, and so then owners get in their GM's ears, and then GM's feel that they have to make moves to keep their jobs, and it just becomes a cycle that we all feed into. So let's just all take a step back and realize that this is hard. It's incredibly hard. Mike Malone coached in the NBA for 22 years. To get here he'd been coaching Denver for eight years at this point I think maybe going on nine even possibly a decade that means something you could see how much those players like Mike Malone more GMs and more of us folks who talk about the NBA should give coaches a little more rope
2: yeah it's
0: telling that two of the longest tenured coaches were coaching in the NBA finals this year yep
2: yeah, it, it says a lot about that. And also, and Nick Nurse put it this way a, on a podcast as well recently, which, by the way, I love these coaches going on these podcasts, really get some good insight, actually giving good insight. He said when he got uh, fired by Toronto, he's like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to have that much of an opportunity because there's not many uh, openings. And then he said, after every loss, it seemed like someone was getting fired. So uh, I was able to, uh, to get back in there. Uh, the next thing we're going to talk about, we're going to do a little bit different of the Kings Hardwood hierarchy. right. The Kings hardwood hierarchy this week, we're going to have five questions that we're going to answer about these playoffs. The first question is our favorite moment. I'm going to take the first one and I'm going to go to Chris and then Rod after that, my favorite moment, I'm going to cheat a little bit. Uh, my favorite moment was one of the last moments of the playoffs. Uh, after the, after the nuggets won the championship, Jokic's entire post game, just chilling, going to shake everyone's hand it took him so long to even get to his wife and kid to give him a hug. His expression says everything about Jokic. It's just, yeah, he's good. Uh, there was a great meme going around, the Thanos meme, when he sits down and goes, ah. It's like Jokic saying, ah, I can finally rest now. I love that. I'm sorry. My favorite moment of the playoffs was Jokic. just chilling at the end, Chris King.
0: It was a great moment. It was a great moment. Uh My actual favorite moment, and this goes back to us being the Sacramento Kings official podcast of North Central Indiana. Um, The first home playoff win for our Sacramento Kings since the 06-07 season. That was a fantastic game. We were playing the Warriors. We came out strong. Our guys succeeded and they lit the beam. That was by far my favorite moment.
1: Chris, I'll tell you what, you have really been angling to absolutely get on one of the official Sacramento Kings podcasts, my friend. You have just been on that. You have not let the Sacramento Kings love die ever since they lost to the Warriors. You have just been beating that drum, and I, I commend you for it.
0: Yes, they are worthy of, of our, our platitudes that we give them every, every week. Worthy,
2: huh? I thought you were saying the, the the official Kings podcasts are worthy of having us on them. I think you know what I would agree. They would be worthy of one of us going on there, and Chris King would probably have to be the one because he <laughs> loves them the most. Rod, this was a uh, this was a very interesting playoffs. So we had a lot of a lot of drama throughout, and then the finals kind of went off a cliff there just because you knew what was going to happen. Rod, what was your favorite moment of the playoffs? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be selfish here. And I'm
1: going to go with Derek White's tip in to keep the Celtics alive. I mean, A, you awesome. just you just have the absolute, you know, last second buzzer beater of it all, right? I don't care what teams you got going against one another. Last second buzzer beater is always cool. It was the Celtics staying alive. It was Celtics fans like me being like, oh my God, are they going to do this? Are they going to come back from being down 3 nothing and win this series? And then, of course, we all know what happened in game seven, but that moment. That one that 24 hours right after that game where Derek White got that tip in basket and it looked like the Celtics were still alive. That was absolutely my favorite moment. Cause that's when I was like, Phew. I'd been eating a bunch of guff in the group thread about the Celtics. And I'd said, no, come on, don't let them get one. Then don't let them get two. I was right there with my boys. And that was, that was a great moment. I was sitting right there with the Daxter shout out Dax. If you're listening, that was a, that was a good time. That's my favorite moment from the playoffs by far.
2: I don't, get overly emotional uh, with Cubs, Cubs winning the world series. I did cry. Sorry, Rod baseball, but um, no, listen, I love that moment. Come on. Don't take that from me. That was one of those. That was one of those moments where I stood up. Like, I can't believe it. I can't believe that happened. Cause I think it went in and it it went in when Marcus smart shot that shot. You're like, of course he's going to miss. He's not going to hit it. Marcus Smart never hits this shot. Uh, and that was uh, that was such a terrific moment. I love that, Rod. Uh, mine was a little more subdued than yours, but I do love that. Chris King, let's go to you. Best series. What was your best series? What was your most favorite series to watch? Oh, it was the Kings versus the well, Warriors. Of course it even, was. Even though the
0: Warriors ended up winning, it was a thrilling seven-game series that really went back and forth. Uh, I thought both teams were really evenly matched, and it took a historic effort from Stephen Curry uh, in that game seven to to finally uh, beat the Kings and knock them out of the playoffs. That was, for me, must watch every single night.
2: Rodney Allen, what is your favorite series?
1: I should have known he was going to go with the Kings series, so then I wouldn't go with this one. But my answer, actually, because, I mean, and this, frankly, is my brand here, I really enjoyed that Lakers-Warriors series because give me star power, baby. Give me LeBron, all of his MVPs and his rings, taking on Steph and all of his MVPs and his rings, you know, that's, give me that, right? Steve Kerr, all of it, man. It was, it was a, it was a wonderful series. Seeing LeBron, the old guy still got it, right? Can Steph do it one more time? Just all of those storylines coming together. That's been a decade of the NBA plus for me at this point. So I just, I absolutely love that series.
2: It really did change the narrative a lot during that series, especially with the Lakers as as they continue to grow and, and stay healthy. And I think that was one of the the most surprising um, stories, not revelations yet, uh, but uh, it was one of the most surprising stories of they kind of the Lakers did stay healthy. LeBron's gonna it's gonna come out in another week that LeBron had four broken bones as an ankle, but um, I think that that was a a very good series to watch, and one of the series I. I thought the best series was that Heat-Celtics series, and I'll tell you why. Some of the games were ugly, ugly. But just the discourse and the amount of tension in the Boston, when Boston is at home and they're losing all these freaking games at home and they can't seem to get it back. uh, And the Heat, you know, playoff Jimmy, Jimmy Bucks, but Jimmy's not doing well. Other people stepping up. I thought just the drama itself, I uh, you know, I'm a wrestling guy, obviously at heart, like the storylines. There were so many storylines in that as well. I just thought that that was a really good series as well.
1: Storyline series for sure. That's a good call out by you there, Jimmy. I also love that that was kind of like Seinfeld,
2: right? You were almost doing Jimmy from the gym with the special shoes there. That was good stuff. Jimmy likes them. Jimmy likes them a lot. Uh, best single <laughs> ga- best single game or single game performance. Uh, Rod, let's go to you with this one. What's your, what's your uh, best single game or single game performance? forgive me because i didn't pull up the actual
1: stats so chris would be mad at me for not being able to actually pull them but i think it was devin booker versus the nuggets game three right where the where phoenix won those two games in a row and devin booker was just absolutely on fire not only scoring a bunch of points but barely missing any shots i mean we can't forget about how white hot devin booker was for about two weeks of this playoff so i think is uh his game three or four has got to be one of those for me because uh I'm leaving, I'm leaving a couple of big ones out there, including somebody who scored the most points ever in a game seven. That one's still sitting out there for one of you, two. I should have picked that one, but Devin Burker was on fire because he didn't even miss many shots. I... Uh...
2: The the growth that Devin Booker had in the playoffs, he's gone to that next level now, Uh, and it would help with KD. And remember, they didn't play very much together. They didn't have a supporting cast. Hopefully some of those things get changed. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Devin Booker does moving forward. But I'm also really looking forward here for Chris King's pick for best single game performance.
0: I really thought Rod was going to go with the pick that he alluded to at the end. Um, Cause I have another game that I want to talk about and it was in the first round and is with somebody that Rod already mentioned uh, the goat, LeBron James coming out. I think it was a uh, game three against Memphis. Uh, the Lakers needed that win. He came out and 22 points, 20 boards played 45 minutes in that game got the bucket to tie the game, and then got the and one at the end of overtime to win it. That was classic LeBron at 38 years old. That was a phenomenal performance that not many people thought he had left in him.
2: I love that you're calling out LeBron. I appreciate that. That's a good call. That was that was a very good call. Um, let me see. What else can I pick here? Most points ever in a... C- Jason Tatum, Game 7. <laughs> Um, I think that, and this is going to kind of go along with my biggest revelation as well, but Jason Tatum in Game 7 against those 76ers. Tatum was, again, storylines throughout the entire playoffs for the Celtics. Uh, train wreck, they are bringing back their coach. They hired a couple of, of veteran coaches there. But 51 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists. Tatum would not let them lose that game. Um, there was a lot of other things that happened as well, like the 76ers did not want to win that game. James Harden wasn't there. But I think you got to call out Jason Tatum for that. Another game I really want to hit on too is let's talk about that game four Warriors against Kings at one twenty six one twenty five when Harrison Barnes missed in but, um, you know De'Aaron Fox thirty eight points he was hitting everything uh, ends up getting De'Aaron hurt in the Fox, series we
1: forget see that's how long the playoffs are yep. De'Aaron Fox was lighting the world on
0: fire at the beginning that is really me. showing how he was Mister Clutch throughout the whole season too especially in that game
2: yes he was and I I just I just wanted to shout out. Uh, our boys uh, Sacramento once again, because we have to on this podcast. It's a Sacramento Kings podcast. Um, it's also crazy that we didn't even mention Joker's like magnificent game
0: with 30 points and 20 boards. Is it really that
1: shocking that I didn't mention it, though? Is it really that shocking that
2: I didn't mention it? So that only makes somebody that could have. <laughs> I, I, I think Jokic, and uh, by the way, that picture of Jokic being picked last at the All Star game is fantastic. Last man seated, you know, he's he, he he last man seated, last man standing. Uh, Jokic, I I love that picture uh, a lot, just because hey, he won it all, and that's that's all that really matters. Uh, one of the most surprising revelations here, I, I think, to me, was there's two that I can pick from. I'm going to go with this. No matter what, you cannot have an opinion on a series until it's over. Every single series, it seemed like for the past four or five, after game one, oh, this team's screwed, they're over. Game two, they come back and win. Oh, this person sucks. Nope, game three, they're fine. Uh, And really, it is so close in the NBA right now that you just got to let it play out. I know it's hard for podcasters and and, and pundits to do, but it's really kind of cool to watch the NBA and just kind of take it all in. So my uh, biggest revelation is it ain't over till it's over, Chris King.
1: Yeah, that's true. There was a lot of <laughs> overreaction. Your biggest revelation is it's not over till it's over. This is the right. stuff people come to us for. You're damn right.
0: But it's true. There was nothing but overreaction after every single game in this playoffs.
1: Chris. In every welcome series. Welcome to America in 2023. Yeah. Overreaction. <laughs> it's everywhere around you.
0: Uh, so... There was a couple different things that I thought were impressive in this playoff, so I'm going to stick with one. This is a guy who I didn't think that he was going to be a viable number two in the long run, and he just came and showed out this playoffs. He also had a triple-double uh, in, in, the, uh, in the playoffs this
1: year, and that's Jamal Murray. This is your biggest revelation. I mean, Jamal Murray is your biggest revelation of the playoffs
0: it is he has shown listen i haven't always been the biggest jamal murray
1: supporter i didn't necessarily oh always God. believe in him listen listeners was- they, again you guys should be sending emails to us all the time for how i save you on this podcast jimmy gives you <laughs> it's not over till it's over and chris is giving you jamal murray a guy who was definitely the second best player in the finals he's good here's the revelation okay guys <laughs> The revelation is the NBA needs veterans, and you want to know why the NBA needs veterans? Because we heard about the Zion Williamson story. Sorry, you guys could talk about it on the court all you want. The biggest revelation is there's not enough vets in the NBA to show guys how to handle their business. Is it shocking that Zion has multiple women he's trying to juggle at the same time? Absolutely not. Many men his same age, many men in the NBA before him have done it before. Is it shocking that it was all thrown out there in everybody's face? Absolutely. Clearly, he did something wrong along the way. And you know who could have taught him that? A veteran. We need more veterans on
2: teams. Come on, you guys gave him nothing. And I just gave him that gold and even brought in Zion Williamson. Well, the the issue here is the veterans are the ones that are going to get kind of squeezed out of a lot of teams and a lot of money coming up in the – yeah, Zion's a about to get squeezed out, out of there. a lot of money, too. Oh, he's going to get squeezed out of a lot of money there. The Zion thing is big. Ja, by the time you hear this, Ja might have been suspended for half the season, for all we know. You know, another revelation that we have, and we can go into more detail, too, is uh, Celtics aren't going to win the championship with Tatum and Brown. I'm sorry. It's not going to That's happen.
1: That's a revelation? We don't know that yet. Come on. These guys are still not too going to young. These guys are not still too happen. young. I heard another stat nope. about your boy, Jokic, 28. Look back through the annals of history of all the great players in the NBA who won their championship around 28. Neither Brown nor Tatum are there
2: yet. The Celtics are still fine. We don't need to freak out. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. I mean, and you, you can, you can, you know, hey, I'm a gambler. I win a lot at gambling. You can book it. <laughs> the Celtics are not going to win the championship with Tatum and Brown, meaning you should run right now and bet for next year.
1: Biggest revelation is Chris is now Digger Phelps. Nobody can see this video of this podcast yet, but Chris has a highlighter. He's been rocking all time here doing his basketball analysis. Digger Phelps for all you old listeners out there, which frankly are the only
2: listeners we have. That is true. That is true. Looks like Chris King is... Uh, uh, taking a minute there, uh, we've got we got a lot we got a lot of uh, storms going around in uh, in central Indiana here. So uh, who knows what can happen in, in today's podcast? Most disappointing exit. Can't wait to hear this one, uh, Rod. Who's your most disappointing exit? I got to give the most disappointing exit
1: to the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, come on, you guys are the two seed, and hello goodbye. I mean, I understand LeBron James is one of the all time greats. Anthony Davis is one of the better players in the league, but Goodness gracious, Memphis, you talked all that mess, had all that turmoil, and then Brandon Clark and Steven Adams are out, and all of a sudden your team falls apart? Come on, please. I mean, John Morant, we can get to a whole lot of things about John Morant, but Memphis, you still got to be a little mentally tougher than that. That was a complete just no-show by the Grizzlies, in my opinion.
2: Speaking of a no-show, I, I agree with that completely. And and that's where mine went to the Cavs getting destroyed by oh, the man, Knicks. I
1: forgot they were in the playoffs. I guess that is a <laughs> so long.
2: That happened so long ago. But the Cavs were this team that everyone was was, you know, hey, sneaky contender. They've got they've got what they need. They got exposed a ton in the playoffs, and it just didn't happen for them. And the Knicks, who weren't the best team either, by the way, just throwing that out there, uh, just took took care of them. So I think the Cavs are gonna have to do some things over the uh the off season.
1: I hear some rumors about Jalen Brown maybe to Cleveland. Listen, yes, do that, please. Celtics get Darius Garland for Jalen Brown somehow. That would absolutely probably be an upgrade for the Celtics. So let's let's explore
2: more of that. Chris King.
0: Listen, if you're going to talk about the biggest disappointment, you have to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. And I don't want to hear it's because that Giannis was hurt for a couple games. Essentially, only played 11 minutes in three games. But he played game four and game five. And both those games, the Bucks blew double digit point leads in the fourth quarter. They literally choked in the last two games that they absolutely needed to win. They won one of the games that Giannis didn't even play in. And they go ahead and choke in those two big fourth quarter leads. That's the biggest disappointment. And I'm sorry, Giannis, but that's a failure. For the Bucks.
1: Jimmy Jam, let's stay on this for a second. All right. Yes, if I like it. I like if it. we're to believe that the Bucks are a big failure, which I'm not willing to disagree with Chris out of hand right now, how do we then take Miami's run all the way to the championship,
2: right? Because I mean, does, doesn't that have to factor in somehow, Jimmy? It does. Miami's so weird. And again, it ain't over till it's over with Miami. They're rod ass. <laughs> anyway, it is the biggest upset in NBA history in the playoffs, first round. I mean, no question. Because you had a team that lost their playing game, had to come back, and you know we've heard it a thousand times: beat the Bulls, you know, losing in the fourth quarter, coming and really destroying the number one seed. We forget about that because the playoffs are so long. Yeah. But again, as you said, while very disappointing, look what the Heat did. Yeah. So are you taking that into consideration at all, Chris? Or you're like, no, Giannis needed to be better
0: expectations are the key to disappointments and no one had bigger expectation than the Bucks. No, that's fair. They're the one they seat. That's fair. You know, they had the best record in the NBA. They were the number one seat. They did everything correct up until that playoff series.
1: We have to go back to my rod. Mason, clearly it was Mike Budenholzer's fault, right? And that's why they fired him. So,
2: uh, it's 100% Mike Budenholzer's fault. Uh, it's always the coach's fault. The players yeah. are never, <laughs> never to blame. That's why Frank Vogel, who's
1: been fired now three different times, is somehow the answer in Phoenix, right? I mean, not that I'm against Frank Vogel, like him. Seems like a real nice guy. But, I mean, this guy's been fired now three times, and now all of a sudden the Suns are like, yep, this is our guy.
2: Yeah, people, uh, they get a lot of, uh, they get a lot of, not retread coaches, but let's speak, re-, re retread coaches, that you want to have somebody who knows what they're doing, or you could end up like the Celtics did, right? Good
1: point, good point, Jimmy.
2: Almost why uh, you're the host of the fast break because you make good points like this, right? I do want to. I do want to really quick mention uh, the final head coaching job has been secured by Darko Red. I, I, I'm Chris King on this one. I don't know his name's Darko. Starts with an R. He's Serbian. He's Serbian. Um, I think this shows us where the Raptors are going because this isn't Doc Rivers this isn't a veteran coach this is a new coach so i expect a lot of things to happen with the raptors my Well, the word favorite.
1: on uh freddie van vliet came out he already he declined yeah. his player option so he's definitely already out right so now i mean are, are the raptors going to get a signed trade with him or is he just bolt in town yeah it's going to be interesting to see big week for serbians right jokovic wins joker wins the mvp and then this guy gets the raptors head coaching job biggest week in serbian sports history chris come on you've been around for a long time <laughs>
0: Uh probably not the biggest thing. I don't know, maybe in history. <laughs> listen, I said listen, also history Come on, okay, I have no
1: God, idea that. about their socioeconomic you know what <laughs> I mean? What day might have been when, when women got the right to vote if they even can vote now. I know none of these things. That's why I said sports history.
0: Listen, Rod's probably right because Serbia did just win the FIBA three on three turn uh world championship over the United States. Of course, the United States had Jimmer for debt on their team, so I don't think it was the best that we had to offer. Oh, Jimmer, Jimmer was just
1: stroking Jays, though. I'd like to have seen that. Was that televised anywhere? <laughs> uh,
0: probably not, unless unless you have like ESPN to Ocho. Uh,
2: <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and I do know that. <laughs> you have been listening to the Fast Break on the O Podcasting Network. Goodbye, yeah. Internet.